Hello and welcome to the Over the Barricade Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Downing, joined as always by my tag team partner. He is the deadliest catch and needs to sit down in front of his microphone so we can record this properly, Lee Brando. And we are live at Katsukon. Let's hear it. Oh, that looked good on the level. I'm so beautiful. happy. You are, you know, con goers, and I'm not just saying this for a cheap pot, but they are the most beautiful people in the world. Now, now, Amen to that, brother. Now, wrestling fans are the most passionate people in the world. So we have the most beautiful and most passionate people in the world right here at our New Japan Year in Review podcast. First live podcast. We, how many episodes do we have now? We're about to hit 50. About to We've hit 50. We've been doing this since uh, just before WrestleMania last year. Been doing it every week. Yeah, yeah. Um, so usually the flow of the podcast, any, I don't feel bad. I want an honest answer. Has anyone listened to the podcast before? No. Okay, good. That's what we expected. This will be your first episode. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. Hopefully you continue if I we don't a, suck. I have a quick question. Do you, can you use a microphone without holding it, or is it just no. you being a wrestler requires you to do that? I can't. Do, have you ever seen a mic stand in a ring? Besides the rock concert. That's, uh, okay. I good beat point. you to it. Good point. Yeah, you did, you did beat me to it. Well, Elias has a, has a headset on. That's true. Uh, I could get one of those. Which is tiny and hides in his beard. And then Bailey had one. And then Bailey had one, which was also kind of weird. Yeah, poor Bailey. Anyway, uh, usually the flow of our podcast, we talk about like a little bit of like what I did if I wrestled or, or any big news. Today, we're just going to do a little bit of that, and then we're going to talk about New Japan because we all are New Japan fans here, right? Has anyone, has anyone never watched New Japan Pro Wrestling before? Okay, one guy. Oh, okay. So, wait, okay. okay, we got, oh, a, handful. We we got, got a handful. We got a handful. So got a handful of people. That's good. That's good. And I believe. This will be somewhat of an is introduction. Is that a Finn Balor shirt? No, way in the back. Oh, okay. It's from here. It looks a little similar, but anyway. <laughs> oh, okay. See, right there. I think a lot of wrestlers are. I think it's like cool now to be a nerd. You think? Wrestling. You think Kenny Omega's a nerd? You think? You think he's? What? You okay. think he's called what we what what people are lovingly referred to as a weeb? <laughs> just just by like round of applause. Do you think Kenny Omega's played Final Fantasy ever? <laughs> Maybe. You I think, think that's you think a strong maybe. Do you think he's ever probably talked about like a, uh, an anime before or something like that? I don't know. Or wrestled a small child? You think he's ever you think you think he's ever wrestled a blow up doll? Cuz I think he has. I was going to say a joke but I'm not going to go there. Anyway. Good call. <laughs> um, Good so call. don't get we you can't really get fired from this but don't get fired. I know. That's that's the nice thing. You're the name. I can't fire you. <laughs> You picked a really good name, man. <laughs> anyway, um, so last Friday, as we alluded to earlier, we had a big show for Adrenaline Championship Wrestling. It was right down the road in Glen Burnie, Maryland. It was like 700 people, packed house. I think, La- I think uh, one Jerry the King Lawler who was there called it Glen Dirty. He did call it Glen Dirty. He went heel, which was he went full beautiful. Um, so I won't go through the whole show, but I do. Anybody uh, familiar with Austin Aries here? Okay. Current Impact Wrestling Champion. Among others. Among a handful of others, as he told us. So Austin Aries was on this show, right? And um, his match was right before intermission. And he was wrestling somebody named Sean Carr, who's like an indie name in the Northeast. And uh, Sean Carr goes out and he starts cutting this promo on Austin Aries. The, the only problem was Austin Aries was supposed to be in the ring while Sean Carr was cutting the promo. Uh, but he was, in, he was in the back. And I was talking to him because him and I have known each other since like 2013. Shared hummus in Florida. We have a, we have a 
that's a story that's on a true. separate episode. First that we've time done. I ate hummus was with Austin Aries, who's like a super vegan. You probably know. Um, <laughs> so I was talking to him, and all of a sudden, he's like, "No, no, wait! He's not supposed to start talking until I'm out there. He's going to talk about my belts. How can he talk about my belts if I'm not out there?" And I was like, "I don't. Uh, you got me, man." <laughs> and uh, then he's like, "All right, cut his mic. Cut his mic. Play my music." So. Out in the audience, I'm in the front row, and suddenly his mic cuts out, and everyone looks very confused. And then this, like, stringy, almost like Elias-sounding music starts playing. This, like, acoustic guitar. I have not heard Austin Aries, what his theme is now, since he left WWE, but I knew that wasn't him. I I just was super confused. And I I also want you to know that, like, picture the whole time, he's got four championship belts, like, wrapped two around his waist, on top of each other, one on each shoulder, and he's also trying to find a place to, to, like, stick his banana. (laughs) Which, if you don't know about Austin Aries, it's not a euphemism, he walks to the ring with a banana. A real, real banana, not, yeah, not anything anything else. So he's trying to find a place to stick his banana, which sounds dirtier every time I say it. Please continue, we're running out of time. While he's also, like, trying to show cute or like yell cues to the sound guys who are you know out in the crowd not behind the stage so the stringy music stops but instead of like his normal music playing sean carr just starts talking again and he's <laughs> and he's getting further in the promo and all series like no he cut his what don't you understand cut his music or cut his mic play my music so finally we get it together and he goes out and it, it, it kind of worked like from a crowd perspective how uh, how bad was it it was, it was confusing at first, but it was fine once he finally got out there. I just assumed that there was just a miscommunication with, uh, with the music getting played and what have you. But it, it worked out in the end when he walked out with his four titles and a banana. That's true. No, what, what became of that banana? Was, is it like thrown in the crowd? No, it was oh, handed to a woman in the front row. Did she look like she was like... She was pretty excited for Austin Aries' banana. Okay. So that's like a little taste of what we do every week when I go out and wrestle. Now we're going to go into our actual panel here. And Ryan has, uh, much like Drew Gulak, put together a great PowerPoint presentation for you folks today. I have. have Any Drew Gulak fans here? Fans of the PowerPoint. I like it. All right. So what we're going to do, we're going to take, just like the title says, this is a 2017 year in review of New Japan Pro Wrestling. This may not be an intro in the sense that we're going to talk about every single performer and give you introductory knowledge, but we are going to have... tell you how to win a wrestling match or the rules. No, uh, that, that you might have to just determine as we go along. Uh, so... What we're going to do is go through what was an insane year for one of the biggest promotions and one of the years that put them more on the map than they've ever been. Yeah, New Japan has had really good years and they've had some bad years. Um, and I've been a fan of New Japan, I don't know, since I was like a preteen. And um, this year, though, is the, like, the closest I've paid attention to them and the closest I've followed them. And I think like that's kind of a lot of people here. I mean, a lot of like diehard New Japan fans that thought this year was just crazy. Yeah? Let me hear you. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. You're, you're going to be a lot of wooing today. You're, you're going to be like de facto Ric Flair's today. We did see Ric Flair as Colonel Sanders a couple oh, yeah, weeks we ago. yeah, we were at the Rumble. <laughs> That's we, another story. We went to the Rumble in Philly, and um, we're like, oh, okay, they're going to shoot a KFC commercial, and then Flair's music hits, and we're like, this is the best KFC commercial <laughs> of all time. It was the hidden third Rumble that you had to be there live for. Yeah. All right, so let's go through the year in New Japan. What we're going to do is we're going to hit on some of the biggest moments from the last year in New Japan Pro Wrestling, Wrestle Kingdom 11 up through 12. Uh, We're going to stop on the way for a few particular events, but we have a few listed up here. 
uh, Wrestle Kingdom 11, New Beginning, New Japan Cup, Sakura Genesis, Wrestling Dontaku. Uh, Best of the Super Juniors 24, Dominion, G1 Special in USA. The G1 Climax, the Destruction Series. King of Pro Wrestling, Power Struggle, the World Tag League, all the way back to Wrestle Kingdom 12 this past January in the Tokyo Dome. Which we watched um, right here, right in the Gaylord, because we were here for MAGFest. Is, is, it, is it like... Like, is it a sin to mention another con here? No. no? Okay. Well, <laughs> so yeah, that was pretty interesting, staying up to like 4 a.m. and then everyone kind of falling asleep and me watching it on silent on Twitter. But anyway. I feel very bad. I planned that very poorly. Um, so we start with Wrestle Kingdom 11, January 4th, 2017 at the Tokyo Dome. Did any photo from New Japan get any more circulation last year than that one of Kenny Omega flying through the air to an unsuspecting actually suspecting Katsuka, uh, Kazuchika Okada. I mean, it's it's no Roman Reigns with the U.S. title over his shoulder. <laughs> oh. Oh, boo. Is that just a checklist on the presentation we got to get a Roman Reigns, like, jab in? Yeah, we're contractually obligated. Good. All right. Uh, he has to look strong. So Wrestle Kingdom... <laughs> that's... Good call. Good call. All right, so... Wrestle Kingdom 11 had massive expectations after what was an incredible Wrestle Kingdom 10, which of course had the essentially double main event of AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura in what would be their last major, there you go, last major appearances in New Japan before heading to the States. And of course, the now main event... AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura, um, is that going to happen again? I think that's going to be at WrestleMania this year. That's, a, that's that little show down in New Orleans, right? I mean, yeah, I, I don't know if anybody's going to ever even see it, but, you know, it's real exclusive. I don't um, know if it's going to be as good as Wrestle Kingdom 10. I'm, actually, I'm sure it's not, but I'm... It I'm won't gonna, be. I'm excited. But it will be It will be good, and we will all, as wrestling nerds, still pop huge. Um, huge pop. High expectations after the uh, Nakamura-Styles match and Tanahashi versus Okada, which was a great pair of matches just back-to-back. Watching it after the fact, hearing about them was insane, but 11 had a lot to live up to. Setting up for it, we had the G1 Climax 26. In the summer of 2016, Kenny Omega would defeat Hiroki Goto in what would be the first time a Gaijin would win the G1 Climax, winning that championship opportunity at Wrestle Kingdom the following year. Of course, that set up that match which we would eventually see, which we'll get to momentarily. We've got the card listed up here. We're going to take a break on or take a stop on a couple of these. Cody versus Juice Robinson, one we want to point out here. Cody would make his New Japan debut in what would end up also being a banner year for the American Nightmare. And, uh, of course, the other one there, which is not so much New Japan news, but the Ring of Honor World Championship was defended there by Kyle O'Reilly and won by Adam Cole the third time. Adam Cole. Hold on, hold on. Let's do it right. Hang on, hang on. Let's do it proper. The winner of that match was Adam Cole. Thank you. He would win his third Ring of Honor World Championship, the most reigns by any one person to date. And, of course, now he's in a little promotion called NXT, which, of course, is our favorite indie. Which is our favorite indie. And we get to the final four matches, three listed. Hiromu Takahashi would defeat Kushida to win the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Hiroki Goto would win the Never Openweight title from Katsuyura Shibata, a hard-hitting match for sure. We will get there. We'll get there. We will get there. We'll get there. The IWGP Intercontinental title was defended by Tetsuya Naito. 
defeating Hiroshi Tanahashi. This would mark the first time that Tanahashi was absent from Wrestle Kingdom main event since 2010, Wrestle Kingdom 4. Just the third time at the time since the event's inception. Anybody have a guess at what that uh, main event was? Just give me one person, I'll, I'll, any one wrestler you can think of. I don't know if there's any guesses, but I feel like I should have one of those sticks. <laughs> For the people listening on the podcast, I, I can't, I can't ex- describe it. Um, that main event was Shinsuke Nakamura, the champion of uh, the IWGP champion, taking on Yoshihiro Takayama in what was an incredibly slow MMA-style match. Remember that time that New Japan just like was really slow and they thought they were MMA, and it was yeah, like that was that was uh, yeah, it was okay. But I think we all prefer New Japan now. I think so. That's true. Shinsuke was not the king of strong style at that point in time. Different character. We get to the match that we have lovingly uh, named Six Stars. The reason being is that this match, incredibly well received, would be the first match to reach six stars since 1994, as rated by one Dave Meltzer. A lot of people may not like Dave Meltzer or his ratings. Let's just get a feel in the room. Uh, If you like Dave Meltzer, clap your hands. If you dislike like Dave people. Meltzer, clap your hands. Okay, I think it's a little more on the dislike, but it, it's, it's the reason. The reason we we want to just throw that out there is because these are really good barometers for what is seen as a very good match. It is. It did. Would anybody that's any that's seen this match say that this was a bad match, or wasn't wasn't one of the better matches you've probably seen? Because if so, there's there's the door. <laughs> That match, of course, the other one was an all-Japan show back in 1994. That was the other one to get the uh, six-star title, or six-star remark from Meltzer. This match would cement Okada's legacy as one of the world's best of something we'd see throughout the rest of the year, while also continuing to set up Kenny Omega's status in that same class. Kenny Omega's 2016 was a great build. His 2017, as we're going to cover, Unbelievable. Maybe the best year for any one wrestler, like as far as match quality. One year later, we would say that uh, Okada, initially I think a lot of people felt like Okada winning. There was some split about whether he should have won. I think at this point we can say that as much as we may love Kenny Omega, Okada winning probably was the right call because he has gone on to have one of the great title reigns. Spoiler alert. (laughs) We move on to Sakura Genesis. And... um, yeah, some hesitancy in the crowd. April 9th, 2017, in Tokyo, the winner of the 2017 New Japan Cup, Katsuyori Shibata, would challenge for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship in the main event. This card, as we're going to get through, was largely uneventful. Of course, the last few matches, the only title change on the match or on the card was War Machine's victory to uh, gain the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championships. Where is War Machine now? Uh, I think it's a. I think. Florida? I think so. They're t- I, I some, some independent promotion some nobody's ever heard of. Of course, this match was infamously, or this card was infamous, infamously known for the main event, which was an incredibly stiff but high-quality match that saw a late-match headbutt leading to Shibata collapsing in the back. Okada would win this match. Shibata would throw an incredibly loud headbutt that... Uh, for those who cannot see the presentation, there is the picture of Okada just afterwards bleeding from his forehead. Yeah, if, if, if you're here and you haven't seen this match, watch with caution. Um, Shibata, 
New Japan is known for being very stiff in the ring, but Shibata especially. And this is a headbutt he's done countless times, but I think he was going for the biggest one of all in this match with Okada. And um, they, they were like nearing an hour. They were dehydrated. And all these factors led into uh, this being Shibata's last match in professional wrestling. Yeah, he, Shibata would suffer a subdural hematoma, which would lead to actually temporary paralysis for him. There was even some initial concern about whether he would survive. Fortunately, uh, Shibata did survive, but I, you can never say never, but it's likely we're never going to see him wrestle again. And it, Shibata's story is so been so crazy we won't give you the whole thing but essentially shibata left new japan when he was tabbed as one of the future stars of the promotion um, he would leave new japan and when he came back he was kind of blacklisted in a way he uh was not booked particularly well he was kind of never really stuck in that main event shot and he was finally given the keys he was given the chance to go up and okada, okada was going to win this match but it was going to set up shibata to be a main event player for a long time after essentially being the prodigal son in this case. And unfortunately, one wrong move and he will likely never wrestle again. And it's sometimes one of the, one of the uh, things that happens in pro wrestling, as sad as it is. But what a great last match. If you have to have one, like this one was a great swan song. It was, it was an incredible match. Um, you know, it it's, will always be bittersweet, though, knowing the context. Yeah. That leads us to the best of the Super Juniors, which was a always a high-flying and fun tournament. But this particular year, I saw some really, really good matches. Of course, your standings, Block A versus Block B, in the end, would be Osprey versus Kushida. We also saw four different promotions, well, three different promotions and one independent wrestler, technically, <laughs> uh, would be featured. One free agent. One free agent. Free agent John Cena? Uh, Juan Cena? <laughs> Juan Cena, his cousin Juan. Um, New Japan, of course, represented CMLL with two stars in, and Dra uh, Dragon Lee and Volator Jr. Marty Skrull representing Ring of Honor, the villain. Any fans of the villain? I don't know if he's over. I don't know if he's over either. Um, and, of course, one independent wrestler in ACH. This would be Jushin Thunder Liger's final appearance in a Best of the Super Juniors. A uh, certainly not the end of his career, as we will find out later on this year. Spoilers. We'll get there. Um, Hiromu Takahashi coming in was the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. Will Ospreay was attempting to become only the second person to win back-to-back -back Best of the Super Junior tournaments. The last person to do it, 2004-2005, Tiger Mask, the current Tiger Mask, Tiger Mask number four. The one from the anime? Yeah, I believe it. it well, no, actually, I'm pretty sure that's. I'm pretty sure that was somebody else. Oh, okay. Um, Jushin Liger, of course, announcing this would be his last. Our final would be Osprey versus Kushida. Kushida would win the match, a high-flying affair, as you can assume, between Kushida and the Aerial Assassin. Kushida would become the sixth person to win Best of the Super Juniors on two, or, uh, two separate occasions. The other five, Jushin Thunder Liger, Wild Pegasus, Koji Kanamoto, the current Tiger Mask, and Prince Devitt. Have you ever heard of this guy? I can't, he's, heard. it seems like he disappeared after his time in New Japan. I've heard of a Fergal Devitt. Is he related? I think so. Mm, who knows? Who knows where he went? Maybe, maybe we he'll get, be picked up someday somewhere. Maybe. We get to if, Dominion. If he gets over. Dominion is, of course, New Japan's, one of their biggest shows of the year. They're really their second biggest show of the year. 
if you uh, are unfamiliar with New Japan, think SummerSlam to WrestleMania. Not terribly far apart. Of course, I guess Royal Rumble would also take that, but Dominion doesn't really have a specialty. It's just Dominion. So we get to, uh, we had Wrestling Dontaku where Okada nominated Kenny Omega as his next challenger after defeating Bad Luck Fale, also of the Bullet Club. In an interview with ESPN.com, Omega would say that, uh, quote, if I'm going to give you a personal opinion, I would say that personally, I think it's too soon to revisit that match. Of course, being uh, in the main event, going up against Okada once again after their Wrestle Kingdom match. I I would have... Remember a lot of concerns going in, like there's no way they can top it. Did anyone else feel that way? Like, no way they can top the Wrestle Kingdom It would end up being a disappointment. Yeah. But uh, he would go on to say, I'd like to, would have liked to just let that performance be, come back to it at a later date. But there comes a time in the business when it's just important to move numbers, put asses in seats. This is 13 plus. Uh, as the saying goes, put donkeys in seats. Donkeys in seats. And you have to come out guns blazing. He said he, would know that, he knew there would be a second match. He just wanted to give it a little bit more time. Sounds very Chris Jericho-like. I wonder if those two are going to ever cross paths. I don't know. We'll, we'll just have to keep watching. We'll just have to keep watching. So uh, the early part of the card would see yet another gauntlet match for the never open weight six-man titles. Is anybody, now, is there a rule? Like, are they only allowed to be defended in gauntlet matches? In doing my research and going back and kind of noticing that almost every six-man open weight tag team match seems to be in a gauntlet match. At this point in time, uh, LIJ, Los Ingobernables de Japón. Did, did I do that right? Good. I know the guy in the LIJ shirt left. He was like, "Screw this!" Oh, just when we were about to give him. I know. Just when we were going to give him, we were going to give him the rub. Okay. Good. He missed the the LIJ pop chance. Um, Cody's win, of course. Cody versus Michael Elgin on here. Cody would. This would be his last win in New Japan before his ROH World Championship victory later that month in June. He, uh, I believe, he beat one Christopher Daniels for that. We move on to the main portion of the card. Kushida would finally beat Hiromu Takahashi. Uh, Long live Daryl. We'll get there. We'll get there. Naito would lose his Intercontinental Championship after nearly destroying it in his months as champion. Did anybody see the the shot that uh, New Japan put up? It was like security camera footage of him at like a gas station, convenience store, and he walks up and he asks if he can use the Intercontinental Championship to buy his like water, his bottle of water he wanted, and it's all cracked and destroyed. It's great. It was one of the great IC runs that I think may go overlooked. Speaking of falling apart, um, Tanahashi won that match. And uh, does he even, like, how many biceps does he have left? Because I count zero. I think he's like a cat, but instead of lives, he has 12, he has like nine biceps. Okay. They just always seem to be torn. Of course, the main event of this match, six and a quarter stars. The rematch was, of course, a thrilling contest. Mix of strong style and high flying. These two beat the hell out of each other. Am I allowed to say hell? It's 13 plus, right? Sure. Again, Dave Meltzer's highest rated match of all time. Now, let's do a quick poll of the audience here. Um, If you thought the Wrestle Kingdom match between Okada and Omega was better, let's hear you. Oh. Nobody? Let's Let's hear it for the Dominion match. When we originally went back and talked about this, you actually think it's the Wrestle Kingdom match. I do, but um, I'm not saying that this one was a bad match at all. No. 
<laughs> this is definitely the greatest 60-minute match of all time, in my opinion. And, that um, we've seen, because we know that there were a plethora of these in the 70s and right, 80s right, right, right. that and we I, never got to see. That I've been privy to. By one Ric Flair. Who? <laughs> I think you meant Woo. Woo. <laughs> yeah, the guy from the KFC commercial. <laughs> he, he wrestled. You mean? Are you talking about the guy from the Southpaw videos? <laughs> no, that was a Ric Flair impersonator. Oh yeah, you're absolutely right. One, Don't tell him it was Ric Flair. Then we get, of course, to as as us American wrestling nerds would so joyously refer to one of the greatest days of the year. Two days. The G1 special in USA, but for a couple of reasons. We didn't get any six-star matches, but it was the first time that New Japan would venture on a solo outing to the United States. Thank you. Was anyone there by chance? I know it was the other coast, but yeah. Um, Did anybody watch it on Access Live? Yeah, a couple. Couple, couple. Anybody watch it? I guess, I assume, has anybody not seen the G1 special in USA? Okay. Well, you okay. Go, well, a handful. You should go back and, you should back and, you should go back and watch it. It's there fun. Was, it was a two-day tournament to crown the first ever IWGP United States Heavyweight Champion. Of course, I have both cards up here in full. Cody, who would uh, main event night one against Kazuchika Okada as Ring of Honor World Champion. What would start a crazy awesome reign for Cody? Did I say Cody Rhodes? Cody, don't call me Rhodes. Cody, who? Cody, what? Cody, <laughs> Cody, please. the American Nightmare. Cody. Ooh. Ooh. Too soon. Too soon. Um, of course, this would also be the end of Rapongi Vice uh, with Beretta and Rocky Romero par- uh, parting ways after they lost their uh, rematch to the Young Bucks. Any Young Bucks fans? <laughs> there you go. What are, what are they called? They and Kenny Omega, what were they called? Hold on. Does anyone know the song? The... Elite. Can we sing that? They can. We can. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I thought actually the first concept for this panel was we were just going to sit and watch Being the Elite together. <laughs> Maybe next year. Which if you haven't, it's on YouTube. Go watch. Uh, so the crowning portion of this night, of these two nights, was the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship Tournament. This was held over two nights. Uh, of course, the whole event was surrounded, built on this tournament. And it would see ROH and New Japan talent battle it out to become the first ever U.S. heavyweight champion. And what was crazy was, like, every match was, like, just insanely good. Every match was really, really like, good. Like you, from Omega and Elgin. Of course anything Omega was in. And then, like, Ishii and Omega. Does Omega know how to have a match on, like, a big stage where it's not a four or four-and-a-half-star match at least? I'm not sure. I would, <laughs> I would love to see him, like, try to botch everything. I think that's... Yeah, that... He would still, he would botch it so perfectly, we'd assume it was right. That's true. Um, that was a perfect botch. That's what we'd say, because we're such marks. <laughs> <laughs> he messed that up exactly how he wanted to. Huge pop. All right, so the final, of course, would be Omega versus Tomohiro Ishii and what was an incredibly hard-hitting match, which, of course, there's a photo of it on here. That table spot, the, dra- the snap dragon suplex to the table on the outside. Whew. I love that they brought the Japanese tables to Long Beach. Yes. <laughs> like, should we buy them when we get there? No. Pay for the shipping. Ship them over. I am the table. Of course, Omega would win that match, and then, we, of course, we would lead into the G1 Climax, number 27. The 2017 version, by many, considered to be the best of the best. 
But we must look at the table, which I'm so glad worked. <laughs> we had problems with this displaying properly. Of course, it may look like a simple slideshow. It may look like a simple slideshow, but what you don't know. July 17th through August 13th, a month-long tournament. If you've never actually watched the G1 Climax, if you've never watched New Japan before, watch some before you try and watch this. But it's so worth it because there's so many really good matches. But there's a great mix of really good matches and there's some really funny moments that happen throughout. It's just kind of all around entertaining. This particular... <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Are there Yano fans here? Okay. Well, just the one. Do you own the DVD? Yes, I do. All right. Then Yano would be proud. Um, have you ever, by the way, have you ever seen Yano circa like 2011, 2010, where he's like super serious and like has a blonde like buzz cut? It's scary. Um, of course, this would be, a, this particular uh, tournament would be insane to watch because one of the best matches of the year in any other year would have happened on the first night between Naito and Ibushi. What was an insane matchup. That was like the whole year, though. It was like, any other year, this would have been match of the year. But right now, it's number 11. <laughs> it's like number 7 in New Japan alone. Yeah. <laughs> so, Naito would go on to win block A. Uh, Omega would win block B. The first tournament of, of their careers for Juice Robinson and Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, any, uh, any Zack Sabre Jr. fans? Yeah. yeah. And then this would be the final tournament, the 19th and final tournament for Yuji Nagata, who, as you see, would finish at the bottom of block A, but in his final tournament, he did pick up a win. I can't remember who it was against, though. <laughs> um, then you have our final, which would have been match of the year in any other year. <laughs> we, it's, it's just a tagline for New Japan. Now. It's the tag, actual tagline for this panel. The final would pit Naito against Kenny Omega August 13th, 2017. Omega would go to try and win his second consecutive G1 Climax. He would be the first back-to-back, -back, if he had won, he would have been the first back-to-back -back winner since 2003-2004. Uh, Hiroyoshi Tenzin would be that uh, last back-to-back -back winner. Naito, of course, won winner of the 2013 G1 Climax, wanted to set up another main event chance for him against Okada. And this match would be the longest G1 Climax final in the history of the event, 34 minutes and 45 seconds. This would get a 5.75 rating for Meltzer, which wasn't even the highest rated for Meltzer in I this just tournament. Start doing like 5.6 repeated forever. Five point six three two one one. Omega is in four of the five over five star rated matches of the year. And he didn't even name a he didn't even name a move after Meltzer. I say of the year. No, he's in four of the five ever over five stars, not yeah. just of the year. They just happened to all be in 2017. It just happened to all be this year, but besides one. But. Um, and of course, he and Okada went to a six star the night before in their rematch from Dominion. So if you're keeping score at home, it's uh, one win for Okada, one draw, which went to Okada, and then one Kenny Omega. So we're still, we still, still don't know. still waiting on the rubber match. Well, I imagine we'll eventually see it. Of course, this match, this win for Naito would set him up for a possible Wrestle Kingdom 8 rematch against Kazuchika Okada. We go to Power Struggle. Now, a bit of a gap between the end of the G1 Climax and Power Struggle, but for good point, uh, as with any promotion, there are ups and downs as far as the most exciting times of the year. Power Struggle would end up being a huge show for a few different reasons. Here's the full card. We, of course, would see 
the never openweight championship bull rope death match between Minoru Suzuki and Toru Yano. For the Yano fan out there. For the Yano, for the Yano bull rope death match group out there. People who were like, I need to see this match. Yeah, people who were like, eh, Omega. Uh, oh, Yano in a bull rope death match. For the uninitiated to me, New Japan Pro me, Wrestling, Toriyano is. Right Toriyano is a longtime New Japan personality who uh, is. He's, he's part of the group Chaos. And there are no fans here of. Apparently. We, we determined that. We determined that. He is something of a comedic wrestler, obviously. He is very much over, but uses very cheap tactics to try and win. Tries to grab chairs, tries to grab tights, tries to use the rope. Also really really wants you to buy his DVD. Um, please, for the love of all things wrestling, buy Yano's DVD. It actually exists. You can buy it online. Um, I actually thought it was a joke, and then we looked it up, and it was actually a, a DVD that you can actually buy. It's a real DVD. Turning point for Yano. Um, he, of course, was the thorn in Minoru Suzuki's side. If you don't know who Minoru Suzuki is, he's like a fifty-year. He's a fifty-year uh, year old man who has the weirdest hair. Had the weirdest haircut you've ever seen, um, but was incredibly hard-hitting, very serious, and just beat up everybody. Like, if there's one person you don't want to run into if you're in Japan, it would probably be Minoru Suzuki. And for some reason, Yano continually beat Suzuki, and it very much angered Minoru Suzuki to the point where he hung him at one point in this match. It's true. It was a hanging. It was a hanging. It was... We haven't seen that since WrestleMania 15? 2000? Ooh. Too soon? A little bit. A little bit. So, we'd also see Marty Skrull... After Will Ospreay would finally win the uh, beat Kushida to win the Junior Heavyweight Championship, lose it immediately to Marty Skrull, the following big event. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, those two have a very long-lasting rivalry, not only in uh, New Japan, but also in Britain. Um, and kind of around the world, they face each other in ROH a lot when, uh, whenever there's a New Japan kind of mixed-in show. Mm-hmm. The United States Heavyweight Championship match, Kenny Omega would defend against Beretta. Pretty good match. Um, and uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi would be in the main event, defending his Intercontinental title against Kota Ibushi. Also a very good match. Of course, though, power struggle for as good a card it was leading up to that point was primarily remembered for two returns to Japan. And of course, obviously... Uh, Chris Jericho was never really a New Japan member, but... No, he wrestled for a company called Ward. Does anyone know what that stands for? Wrestling and Romance. There you go. Wrestling and Romance. He wrestled there in the 90s, but uh, never wrestled officially for New Japan Pro Wrestling. But after his WWE, most recent WWE run came to an end, he showed up. Video came on the screen. Judas played. Anybody who didn't know Judas was presently, pleasantly surprised. Anybody who did kind of knew what was about to happen. Um, he would then challenge Kenny Omega, just from the video, uh, to a match at Wrestle Kingdom. And that would be essentially the end of it. Omega would, uh, would accept, and then we'd move on to the main event, which would see... Or so we thought. Or so we thought. Hiroshi Tanahashi would defend against successfully against Kota Ibushi. Now, Hiroshi Tanahashi's three biceps down by this point. Um, three biceps and maybe part of his knee is gone. Um, if I, I would just have like you know on like wrestling games where they have like the outline of your body and it can like turn red as you get more beat up. I just want that on the screen whenever Tanahashi wrestles. Uh, like four qu- like four quarters, four fifths of it would be just red all the time. 
the his head is like the only thing that still like is not hurting immensely, but it may not be working properly with the amount of damage he keeps taking. Oh, I love Tanahashi. Um, but we would see the return from excursion of Jay White, now known as Switchblade Jay White. He would come out, challenge Tanahashi, who had just been through a grueling match, and then would proceed to beat him down and leave the uh, Switchblade pendant strewn across Tanahashi, and that's how we would end Power Struggle. Now, we get to Wrestle Kingdom 12. This this card was great. Like an amazing show. Like this card was amazing, not just for the action that happened, but also for the build leading up to it. We would see the junior heavyweight tag team champions of then the Young Bucks, or excuse me, of uh, was it Show and Yo? Look at the mouse work by Ryan. I'm trying here. We would see Rapongi 3K as champions challenged by the Young Bucks who were looking to become seven-time IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions. Man, it's a mouthful. Um, of course, Rapongi 3K stormed onto the scene, led by Rocky Romero as their director. And then we'd also see Hiroki Goto would get fed up with not being able to beat Suzuki, so he put his hair on the line for a chance at the uh, Never Open Weight Championship. The tag team, heavyweight tag team championships, which would see winners of World Tag League in 2017, uh, Sonata and Evil. Um, if you don't know New Japan, yes, there is a wrestler named Evil. Just Evil. Just Evil. All he, caps. the prince. <laughs> he uh, is it is it uh, is Prince of Darkness, Lord of Darkness. Anybody remembers Moniker? King of Darkness. That's the there one. Can't ever seem to get it right. Um, of course, they would take on the killer elite squad of Lance Archer and Davey Boy Smith Jr., or David Hart Smith, I guess. Whatever. I was wondering what he was doing, and then he showed up in New Japan. Of course, Jay White versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. Naito and Okada, and Okada, the build to this, of course, that Okada had found a way to beat the Destino. And that was, did he ever give a name to it, or was it just Cobra Clutch? Okay, it's we'll just called the move that's not getting over. And of course, <laughs> Cody would uh, decide he needed to take on Kota Ibushi in what was originally an ROH World Championship match, but Dalton Castle ruined that. Speaking of which, you've worked with Dalton we're Castle gonna, we're before. We're going to bring that up. <laughs> yes, we are. All right, so once one time long ago, <laughs> I went to an indie show, and they were like, "Hey, can you take off your shirt and cover yourself in baby oil?" <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, uh, yes, but why? And they were like, well, Dalton Castle's on the show, and he needs two boys. And uh, we, we found one, and uh, you're a boy. <laughs> so I was a boy for Dalton Castle, and it was very fun. And I remember um, when I was done, you know, all like, they have like the little feather boa and everything that they come out with. I remember when I was done, me and my friend uh, Killian McMurphy, who's an indie wrestler also, who was the other boy, um, <laughs> we were like neatly folding up the boas and like everything we like we don't want to uh can i say pee off yes okay th- i don't we don't want to piss off dalton castle i always have to check with him because i always drop f-bombs on the show <laughs> uh, we can't do that today we, can't do that today and like we we get back there and he just like chucks him into his suitcase I was like, okay, <laughs> cool. didn't you sit in baby oil for like an hour because you kind of jumped the gun and applied it too soon well yeah so like he was in the main event obviously of this show and uh like 
the show was like two and a half hours long, and before the show started, we started putting on baby oil. And the backstage was in like a auto like auction place, and the back, so the floor was just concrete. So there's just baby oil footprints the whole night of me and my friend walking around just dripping baby oil. And I posted a picture on uh, Facebook. I was like, sorry, Dad. <laughs> it was kind of like the time, I, I, uh, New Year's Eve 2013, I wrestled X-Pac, and um, I, di- I found out that day, so I called my dad, and I was like, Dad, it's a dream come true. Xbox's gonna shove his crotch in my face tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and and he did. And he did. Um, to the Wrestle Kingdom build, we'd also see the fatal, well, just four-way match. It's only a fatal four-way in WWE, apparently. Um, it's Brandic. Um, four-way match, and of course, if you notice here, one Hiromu Takahashi is wearing a helmet. And that is because he had tried to challenge for the Junior Heavyweight Championship on two previous occasions and got knocked out both times <laughs> by the person who would actually challenge. So he came prepared. And he did the full press conference after uh, King of Pro Wrestling wearing that mask. <laughs> and it was the greatest thing. Uh, of course, naturally, we also would have what a lot of international fans would dub the reason to watch Wrestle Kingdom, other than... Uh, I, think it, I think as far as the interest level go, like... In- people who had never seen New Japan before. I think Chris Jericho coming in. and Remember that great press conference that they did? Yeah. Which we, we can't repeat everything that this Chris w- Jericho said here. Which was right after this. <laughs> right after this moment at uh, King of Pro Wrestling, where, uh, was it King of Pro Wrestling or World Tag League? Tag League. World Tag League. After World Tag League, when he beat up and bloodied uh, Kenny Omega, which you don't see a ton of blood in New Japan. No, you don't. Um, they would have their press conference Jericho would sit answering questions from the, uh, from the press, and Omega would come flying out of nowhere, uh, a, uh, a wild Kenny Omega appears, um, and would dive in to tackle Chris Jericho, and Chris Jericho would respond after Kenny Omega had been held back by throwing the table at him. It was pretty great. The best part of it, though, is if you go back and you watch that press conference, the door, like, they're in a room like this, and the door opens, and um, there's just like a Japanese businesswoman walking by who has no idea what's going on, and she just hears all this commotion and like Jericho. Jericho's screaming out. profanities. And she's just like, "What?" <laughs> Her face was excellent. And then Jericho proceeded to to curse out the rest of the uh, press corps. A lot. So that's the build. And Don Callis. And Don Callis. Poor Don Callis. Thank you, Don. We get to the card, and. Uh, a great card, to say the least. Although I will say, the, the New Japan Rumble, which I didn't really mention this so much for, for 11, I didn't have to change anything but the winner <laughs> because um, the last in 11's uh, New Japan Rumble also ended with Cheeseburger being eliminated last. Cheeseburger is a human, for those who don't know. <laughs> have you ever met Cheeseburger? I did. I, uh, I was actually on a show with him at the Monster Factory. Anybody heard of the Monster Factory yeah. in New Jersey? Yeah, I did the Turkey Rumble, which is two rings and I think 40 people, and it's like a Royal Rumble-style match. And um, the, at one point, there was this turkey leg that uh, a wrestler whose gimmick is he's like a barbarian came in with. And I got to tell you, that turkey leg got passed around, and just everyone was taking bites out of it. And it came to me, and I was like, hell no. <laughs> I am not biting this turkey. And before I could get it out, he shoved it in my mouth. <laughs> So, uh, we get to the main card. The Young Bucks would defeat to the champions, Rapongi 3K. Yeah. Young Be- Bucks. I think that's their finisher, the super kick. 
do, uh, do imagine it, there's, there's some kind of like event that happens when they do that uh, one, uh, like a, a celebration gathering yeah. i think a, actually i would say their finisher is the melter driver right yeah. <laughs> a cease and desist indy taker. taker there you go and corporate cane which doesn't even make sense but... <laughs> mayor cane yeah, Mayor Kane, soon to be. Mayor Kane. Soon to be Mayor Kane. Uh, the never open weight six man tag team championships in, you guessed it, a gauntlet match. Uh, of course, the craziest mashup of chaos that you could pull off Beretta, Ishii, and Yano. Going in, did anyone think that? Team did anybody was pick win? Yano to not only maybe be him. champion? Well, yeah, maybe this maybe guy. Yano. Not only get, not only have a championship belt, but also to pick up a pin in that match. <laughs> Yano was stay that guy's life. <laughs> He's like, yes, it was. It was great. Um, Kota Ibushi would defeat Cody in what was a crazy match, including a um, a. Uh, I love the involvement of Brandy Rhodes in this match. Yes, yeah. isn't Brandy Rhodes just terrific? Yeah. Yeah. Does anybody watch? Anybody watch Wags Atlanta? Just out of curiosity. Good. <laughs> Nobody should. Um, even for Cody, don't watch Wags Atlanta. It's just not worth it. It's like, it's like watching Total Bellas for Daniel Bryan. That's true. That's the other guy. John Cena? Is that guy on that show, too? Um, he the comes Ida- off so bad in that show. He comes off like an OCD maniac. Which, maybe he is that way. Maybe know. he is. The heavyweight tag team championships, LIJ... And Evil and Sonata would defeat the Killer Elite squad to become the heavyweight champions. A lot of people said this was the worst match on the card, and it was still, like, a great match. So, what can you do? There were a lot of people that didn't necessarily like this match, but, like, it was still really good. It just happened to be on, like, one of the best cards New Japan's put out in a long time. What's that? Hmm? Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, he stole that from Yano, by the way. Yano used to do that. <laughs> um, so the uh, never open weight championship, hair versus hair, no seconds death match, meaning that Suzuki Goon, Suzuki's uh, grouping, could not come out to the to the side to the ringside. They tried to and were defeated. Um, Goto would win the match. Suzuki would come in and shave his own head because <laughs> that that's how great. Suzuki rolls. He's like, "Give me that razor. <laughs> I'll do it myself." Suzuki. Goto set up a chair. Suzuki kicked the chair out of the way, set down his own exactly the same chair, and then proceeded to buzz his own head. <laughs> the uh, light heavyweight championship was also up for grabs. Will Ospreay would win this match and was one of, before the last two matches, one of the most fun matches to watch that I've seen in a long time. That is how you do a four-way match. Do you know, do you know the like, inside story on this uh, in regards to Jericho and Omega? No. Jericho and Omega had a lot of stuff planned off the scaffolding, and then this match happened, and they were like, well, we could do everything that they just did that we had planned, or we could just call it in the ring. And so that's what they did. Yeah, gotta love Super Juniors. And then, of course... I think it's just like... I think it's just payback for, like, Jericho just stealing everything or, or like, doing everything earlier in the show in his young career. And then, of course, you had the Intercontinental Championship match, which is the only match that I didn't like the finish of because I thought Jay White should have been the Intercontinental Champion. Yeah, you could argue too soon, but I think with, like, Tanahashi and the way his, his body's just falling Given apart. that Tanahashi was down to, like, a single bicep of his nine at that point... Um, the bicep meter had fallen. The, yeah, the bicep meter was... He, there was, like, the... Ding, ding, 
Zelda music playing. He was in the back getting somebody else's arm attached to him at that point. Um, but now that things have played out, we know that Jay White is uh, a different champion. We get to... They, they booked this as a double main event. So we give you main event number one. Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho. Alpha versus Omega. That's because Chris Jericho's pro wrestling's alpha, if you didn't know. <laughs> if you didn't watch Raw 25 and see his shirt. Uh-huh. Yes, that was one. I popped. Huge pop. Um, huge pop. Oh, the huge pop's an inside joke because we'll go to wrestling shows and we won't cheer or anything. We'll just go, huge pop. <laughs> when something good happens, which you shouldn't do because it's really a-holy. Yes, don't do that. Don't make the show about yourself. Um, <laughs> you need to make the show about yourself. You are the show. The medium show. <laughs> huge pop. There you go. It's already taking off. Uh, this was a, this was a, this great was a, match. a was, crazy good match. The especially no- for like being the first time that these two guys worked together. And was it was a, a no disqualification match, which anytime you get those on these types of cards, you always wonder about how that's going to play out. Naturally, Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega were involved, so it was going to be a classic. Why did we ever worry? We are stupid. Um, you, have, you have Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho with Don Callis calling it. I think this was like the biggest day in Winnipeg history. <laughs> it's so true. Remember when he started counting for a rope break? <laughs> Poor Red Shoes. It's okay. Yeah, we, we we saw that too. So we had table spots. We had chair spots. Jericho at one point threw a half of a broken chair on top of Kenny Omega. And, uh, of course, as we see up top, Kenny Omega would leap onto Jericho, onto a, uh, who was underneath of a table. But there were really good wrestling spots all throughout this match. Jericho would fall to Omega. Omega would keep his title, and um, we all somehow managed to gain even more respect for Chris Jericho. Because that, at at 46 years old, Chris Jericho just put on one of the best matches of the year, and it's January 4th, and here we go again. It's uh, it's that DDP yoga. It's that DDP yoga. Does anyone do DDP yoga here? Oh, okay, actually a couple people. Cool, is it good? Yeah. All right. Okay, I don't. I don't. As an indie wrestler, <laughs> I, I feel great. That's why I'm like hunched over like this. There you go. He's getting a lot of free we're, blood. We're not sponsored by DDP Yoga, we're just not. so you know. Maybe we should be. Maybe we, no. Not when we're giving him free. Not when we're giving him free pub all the time. Yeah, that's true. Of course, we get to the main event of the evening. And how do you follow Omega Jericho? Well, these two certainly did a very nice job. With a 20-minute entrance. <laughs> With a 20-minute entrance. Okada and Naito, it is catching on. Yes, Every one of you is going to walk out of here saying huge pop for the, rest of the next month. I think we just started the fire that's going to end wrestling. There's going to be no crowd reaction. It's going to be huge pop. Just people whispering it. If this replaces the this is awesome chant, I'm for it. <laughs> it's the worst chant since what? <laughs> Yeah. Huh. Huge pop. Um, Okada versus Naito. This was an incredible match, of course. No, uh, no extra stipulations needed. And these two were, as you would assume, excellent. Crazy entrances, as you would assume. Of course, Naito being Naito. <laughs> Okada being annoyed. And Okada... 
and the debut, the most important thing that happened, the debut of Okada's pants. Um, these two would, of course, go crazy, going on the outside with DDTs, crazy maneuvers, strong style, high-flying, everything you would assume, except for what I think is what cost it in the minds of many, the finish. Yeah. I. Think, uh, who here was ready for Naito to be champion? No. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been it would have been the right time and everything, but I guess next year they're they're really going to try to build up the Tokyo Dome show. Well, we know Okada has been champion for an obscene amount of time, and I'm okay with that. He's already the longest reigning IWGP Heavyweight Champion in the history of the belt. So he's a few defenses away. He's only I think three defenses away from breaking the record uh, for the most. I think he's at I think he's at nine currently. He needs to get to twelve. Um, but this match was insane. The only thing that may have killed it was the finish. But that being said, it was still a great match, and it would be well worth your time to go watch it. If you haven't, we go to the year to come. How can 2018 follow what was one of the best years of pro wrestling any promotion has seen short that didn't have Stone Cold Steve Austin in it? <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about the numbers, about the money that WWE made. Have you, yeah, have you ever looked at like how much WWE profited year by year? WWE like increased they lose, their profits. They, lose, they, they made like... Six million, they made like eight million, and then it's like ninety nine, ninety eight. They made like sixty million. It's like, oh, I think that's when Stone Cold got hot. Um, but we look at the year to come. The Golden Lovers have been reunited. Yeah. What that means currently is that the Bullet Club has a new leader. The Bullet Club is Bullet Club. So what you're saying is the Bullet Club is fine. What happened in that hotel room? What happened in that hotel room? I guess we'll find out. Matt Jackson's having visions. Um, Hiroshi Tanahashi is officially injured. <laughs> Just now. He ran out of... His bicep meter was completely gone. It took Suzuki to hurt him enough to get him out. So Tanahashi is currently injured. We don't know for how long. We hope he comes back because, of course, New Japan is better with Tanahashi in it. You know, for being the Japanese John Cena, he's very much further over than John Cena ever could be. I prefer to John Cena as uh, the American Tanahashi. <laughs> you nerd. <laughs> Strong style evolved at the end of March, the second coming of New Japan to the United States. One venue, one night, instead of splitting up in two nights. And we it sold out in 19 minutes. And that's with 15 minutes of the system failing. And with no... Announcements as to who's going to be on the card. All we know right now is... Uh, the first confirmed announcement, Rey Mysterio will make his New Japan debut facing Yuji... He will face Jushin Thunder Liger in the dream match that we've been waiting for since the late 90s. It should be wonderful. Of course, we were live in uh, at the Royal Rumble when uh, Rey Mysterio made his return. Wasn't that awesome? Woo! Did he look great? It just made you. It, it just made you remember, like go like. Why are all these other people here? Shouldn't just Ray be champion? <laughs> yeah. Naito and uh, Chris Jericho, huge pop. Naito and uh, Chris Jericho are in some sort of feud. We haven't quite figured out when that's going to happen yet, but strong indications towards strong style evolved. So we might be getting that match very soon. And of course, how long will Okada continue to reign, and who's going to follow with that? Not, no, not Sonata. Sonata. Probably um, not Osprey either. Probably not. Um, 
but we will we'll have to see as the year plays out. But 2017 was a crazy year for New Japan Pro Wrestling. 2018, we don't know how they're going to follow it, but they're going to have to try. And we're all very excited to see it. I'm, I know I am. Uh, so get your New Japan World subscriptions if you haven't already, because it is well worth the 999 yen, which equates to about nine bucks each month. Um, it is well worth your time. They have shows pretty regularly. Great English commentary. Yes, Kevin Kelly and Don Callis have been a revelation for uh, New Japan's uh, streaming service, which went up to 95,000 subscriptions at, right after uh, Wrestle Kingdom, 25,000 a boost by uh, in like the month leading up to it. Yeah. So it was. Uh, it's been a crazy year for New Japan. Go watch New Japan if you haven't yet, uh, and uh, if you liked what we do, come hang out with us. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us each and every week on SoundCloud. Uh, we host our podcast on SoundCloud each Thursday, and it also goes to iTunes and Google Play. You can subscribe to us on either of those services. This is nice because we usually we, our recording studio is called Cheap Seat Studios. So this is like this is snazzy. This is way bigger than Cheap Seat Studios. It is. So uh, thank you guys for listening. This has been our first panel to do uh, something like this, and. Um, I don't know. Should we do one of these again? Yeah. That's up to them. Huge pop. Huge pop. Huge pop. We have, we have a slogan for the show now. Huge, Huge pop. pop. That's going to be this week's episode name. Huge pop. So thank you guys all for coming. Thanks for coming. We hope you enjoyed your convention. If you've got anything else to do, feel free to have fun, but get home safe, and uh, we might see you again next year. Come hang out with us online. Hopefully this will be this episode, the week for this week's episode, so try, check a listen. You may hear yourself cheer. I'll be right out there if you have any questions for, like, I don't know, an indie wrestler or something. Um, I don't know how cool or important that is, but uh, thank you guys for coming. And Huge pop. Huge pop. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash barricade show. Follow us on Twitter at Barricade Show. You can listen to the show each and every week at soundcloud.com slash barricade show or search for Over the Barricade Podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Follow Lee Brando on Snapchat, Twitter, and Instagram at Lee Brando underscore and send him a friend request on Facebook. Just search for Lee Brando and don't forget you can send us an email over the barricade podcast at gmail.com. Send in your suggestions. We'll see you next week.